the kids used to come at half past six. We're ready to start. Yes, I can turn up my volume from my side, but I would need someone to do it for me. Just sisters only. Okay, how's that? You guys can hear me now? Okay, am I turned up on the wall high enough? Okay. Ready? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salam ala abdillahi wa rasulih Nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd So after we praise Allah and after we ask Allah to send his blessings and to grant peace to our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to his family and his companions we're back after two week break which means you guys have all revised so much right? Raisa, you revised a lot, huh? So straight away I'm going to ask you, what was the question? I'm not even going to ask you the answer. What was the question I asked you last time? I sent you homework. Who was the other, okay, who was the other? Umar. Umar. Who was the other Umar? Actually not even an Umar in reality at all, but we'll, we'll get to that point. It was a bit of a trick question. So we said... That Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu Can someone give me a... Can someone, who can remind me? What, what have we been talking about the last two weeks? Before this two weeks? Abu Jahl? We definitely haven't been talking about Abu Jahl. That's coming later on. We've been talking about the companions radiyallahu anhum Allah be pleased with them Who is a companion? Who's a companion? Anas. Someone who met the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When they met the Prophet, what did they have to be? A Muslim. Okay, and what was the last thing that had to happen to them? They had to die as a Muslim as well. So just recap this one for me. Just take this one again for me. Okay. They had to meet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam While he was alive So if one day You or me Sees the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a dream Can we be a Sahabi? No No We can't You have to see him when he was alive You have to meet him when he was alive Okay And that person had to be a Muslim So for example if we take, who do we know who was not a Muslim in the time of the Prophet Who's which? Give me a name you know who was. Abu Lahab, very good. Tabbat yada abi lahabin wa tab. Abu Lahab, was he a Sahabi? But he met the Prophet. He met him. He met him many times. He was his uncle, he met him all the time. So was he not a Sahabi? No, why? Because he wasn't a Muslim when he met him. And he didn't die as a Muslim either. So he didn't have that. What about if someone met the Prophet and they were not a Muslim when they met him, but they became a Muslim later on during his life, before he died, they became Muslim. Do they get to become Sahabi? 
Okay, how? What do we see the condition? They have to meet him as a Muslim and they have to die as a Muslim. So if they met him as a Muslim but then decided they didn't like Islam, they can't be from the companions. And if they met him as a non-Muslim but later on they became Muslim later on, they also can't be from the companions. They can be good people but they can't be from the, they can't be companions. They can't be from the companions. Who was the best companion out of all of the companions? Girls, girls, no more boys. No, 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 no more boys. Shh, 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 shh. One second, I can hear you in the wrong device. Hmm. Let's try that again. Why is this thing not working? Okay. It's not working, but I'll just turn your, I'll turn your voice down a bit. So, Abu Bakr. And we did a little bit about his life And what's really important also about the life of Abu Bakr Is that he was the, what was he the first person to, to be? What was he the first, he did something first of all A Muslim The first one to be a Muslim, okay very good The first man to be a Muslim, definitely What about when the Prophet died? What? Okay, girls, you have to give me a break. I'll, I'll ask you when I want you because the, the. Connect it again? How do I connect it again? Let's see. No, now it says your. It just says you, or it doesn't say mine at all. One second, we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. Okay. So what happened is it because you took yours out and then it kicked mine off. Okay, is it working now? Let's try it out. Okay. All right, girls, you're on the AirPods now again. Okay, very good. He was the. First Khalifa, okay very good. What does that mean? What does that mean he was the first Khalifa? You have to put your hand first and then talk. Otherwise if you talk first, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you. Go on. Go on. The first Imam, good, I like that, the first Imam, that's good, that's true. He was the first person to be in charge after the Prophet ﷺ died. The Muslims had to choose somebody to be in charge. Who was going to be their leader? Who was going to be their imam? Who was going to be making the decisions? So they chose for Abu Bakr to be in charge. And we said he didn't, he wasn't in charge for very long, right? Yeah, it wasn't very long. Okay, this is still not working, so I'm going to give up on it. He wasn't in charge for very long before he passed away. And a little bit over two years, we said. And then he chose the next person to be in charge of the Muslims. And who did he choose? Yusuf. Umar ibn al-Khattab. You've got to give some chance to the other ones. Okay, very good. 
So we're talking today about Umar ibn al-Khattab. Okay. Umar ibn al-Khattab. I gave you a little teaser question last lesson. And I said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar. He said, Allahumma a'izz al-Islam bi-ahabbi hadayn al-rajulayni hadayn al-rajulayni ilayk. O Allah, Make Islam strong. Make Islam strong with one of the two people that you, whoever you love the most, whichever of the two you love the most, make Islam strong through them. We said the two Umars, but it was a bit of a trick question, really. Because not really two Umars exactly, but. So, let's see. I don't know if I can, no, I'm struggling with that, it's to go straight off. Yeah. Okay, go on Muhammad, we listen to you. Who was that? Abu Jahl, but wasn't Abu Jahl a really bad, horrible person who did lots of evil things and he hurt the Prophet ﷺ many times? Was he not that person? Girls, what are you saying? Sorry? Umar bin Abdul Aziz. No, now we went into the wrong we went into the wrong generation, girls. We went a few we went a few generations wrong. No, the the answer of Muhammad is completely correct. The answer is Abu Jahl. The answer was Abu Jahl. And Abu Jahl was not a nice person, was he? He was a horrible person. And he was one of the main people who were the enemies of Islam and the, and the Muslims. And he hurt many, many Muslims. But the Prophet ﷺ didn't make dua for both of them to become Muslim, did he? What did he say? The one you love the most. Which one you love the most? Oh Allah, make them become Muslim. So Abu Jahl never became Muslim. But Umar ibn al-Khattab, he was the one who became, he was the one who became Muslim. Okay, I, I had a question though, here. And it's a bit of a difficult question, this is a bit too difficult question, but I, maybe someone looked into it. Why did I say one of the two, Umar? What was Abu Jahl's name? And it wasn't Umar, by the way. <laughs> Does anyone know? We might let it, we'll, we'll let it for you. If no one knows, we'll, let it, we'll give it to you. Did he get inspired? No, no. Yes, Muhammad. Not that I know of. Abu Jahl, what was his name? Amr. Amr ibn Hisham, right? His name was Amr ibn Hisham. And the name Amr is very close to Umar, right? It's very, very close, huh? So here now we know a little bit about Umar, that he became Muslim when the Prophet ﷺ made dua for him. And he made dua for Allah to make one of those two people Muslim. And in the end, 
Abu Jahl remained the enemy of Islam and Umar ibn al-Khattab, he became one of the best of all of the Muslims. In fact, he became the best Muslim after Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Brilliant. We were talking about, about, about those nicknames people have like the Kunya, right? We talked about Abu Jahl. We talked about Abu Jahl. What was the Kunya of Umar ibn al-Khattab? What was his nickname? that he was called, or any of his nicknames, what you know of his names, what he was known by, or what his nickname was, or... His name was Umar, right? Everyone knows that. His name was Umar, and his father's name was? Umar ibn al-Khattab. Good. Al-Farooq. Okay, very good. Al-Farooq. Al-Farooq is the name that it means the one who separates the one who separates things so what did he separate what did he separate let's see the girls have disappeared and i think that's partly because my earphone is not working maybe if i switch this one off okay and you switch yours off Let's see if it starts working on here. Let's see if we can make this work on here. Let's try. Technology when it gets in the way, huh? It was working so well before. Okay, give me this thing again. We try one more time to get the girls on because we want to hear the girls' answers. The girls have got always the, got the best answers. While I'm saying that, you can think about what I was saying about what did he separate between? Okay. Let's try again. One last time. Okay, that sounds good. Girls, what did he separate between? Between truth and falsehood. Between what's true and between what is false. Or between Islam and between the other religions and other beliefs, right? What was his kunya then? What was his nickname? Abu... Abu what? I just want to see if any of you researched it. Otherwise, I'll tell you. I'm happy to tell you. Zach, what do you think? No, Abu Bakr is gone now. Abu Bakr is last week and the week before. Abu Bakr finished now. His name was Umar and his nickname was Abu... Abu Hafs. He was Abu Hafs and his name was Umar... Ibn al-Khattab, very good. He was from Quraysh, of course. He was from Quraysh. He was from Bani Adi. Okay, did Umar, was Umar someone who became Muslim very quickly? 
like Abu Bakr, first day, second day? Girls say no. What, what do the boys think? Let's see. Hands if you think, hands up if you think he became Muslim quickly. Hands up if you think he became Muslim. After a little while, time went by. How long do you think, boys, what do you think? How many years went by from the Prophet ﷺ becoming a Prophet till Umar became Muslim? How long do you think? I'm going to just get some ideas. What do you think? Ten years. Ten years? Ten years is a long time. Three years? Two years? One year, okay. <laughs> yes, Muhammad. What do you think, Muhammad? Yes. What do you think? You don't know. You just put your hand up to see. Okay, girls. What do you think? No one got the right answer yet. Less than a year. Wow. Okay. Okay. So no one got the answer right. Six years after prophethood, right? Six years after prophethood, he accepted Islam. So the story of him accepting Islam, it has different ways it's told. And there are some different stories that, that are told about how he accepted Islam. We told you about the dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Umar showed even before he became Muslim. He started to show some kind of little bit of liking Islam, a little bit. Some things that he heard some of the Quran being recited in some of the narrations it said he heard. Surat Al-Haqqah. In some it's mentioned that he heard Innahu laqawlu rasulin kareem. And he heard the ayah wa ma huwa biqawli sha'irin However, the famous story is that Umar set out one day with the intention of killing the Prophet ﷺ. And he carried his sword and he had his intention he was going to kill the Prophet ﷺ. Imagine how sometimes you plan something and Allah plans something completely different. He planned until he came by a man. And the man said to him, where are you going, O Umar? And Umar said to him, I'm going to kill Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The man said to him, how are you going to keep yourself safe from the tribe of Bani Hashim? You're going to kill Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bani Hashim is going to come after you. Because the, the people at that time, they, had, they were tribal, right? They lived in groups like that. And if you hurt someone from the tribe, even though they were not from the, they were not Muslim, but you hurt someone from the tribe, and the tribe's going to come after you. And then the person mentioned something to him that stopped him in his tracks. He mentioned that his brother-in-law and his sister had become Muslim. That Umar's sister and brother-in-law had become Muslim and in those days people were hiding their Islam, right? In those days, people never used to, they didn't, they weren't, people were not public about becoming Muslim, they would be secret, they would become Muslim in secret, right? So straight away now Umar got diverted, I like, hold on a minute, 
I need to go and find out about this. And he came in and he pushed his brother-in-law very hard. He pushed him hard. And he hit his sister and they said that her face started to, he made her face bleed. He hit her. He was so angry. But at that time they were reading something. What do you think they might have been reading? Oh, everyone put their hand up now. What do you think? The Quran. The Quran. They were reading the Quran. It said they were reading Surah Taha. It said they were reading Surah, Surah Taha. And they said to Umar, what do you think if the truth is in something that's not your religion? What about if your religion's wrong? What about if your religion's wrong? And his sister came out with it. And she got angry and she said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. I bear witness there is no God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad وسلم, is the slave of Allah and his messenger. Umar said something. He said, give me the book. I want to read the book. The Quran. Umar could read, by the way. Umar was one of the Sahaba, عنهم, not many of them, but he was one he could read. He said, give me, what, give me the book. I want to read it. Do you know what his sister said to him? If I point at you, you can answer. Don't answer before I point at you. If I point at you, you can answer, yeah. What did she say? You're, you're not clean. You're not clean. She said, you're not clean. You're not clean. She said, inna karijs. You're not clean. And no one's going to read this Quran until you, cl you clean yourself. Illa al-mutahharun. Go and either wash yourself, bathe yourself, or make wudu. So he washed himself, then he came and he took the Qur'an and he read. He came and he took the Qur'an and he read Surah Taha. Until he read the statement of Allah, إِنَّنِي أَنَ اللَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدْنِي وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِي I am Allah, the one that there is no God worthy of worship but me. So worship me and perform the prayer to remember me. That's Islam, right? The whole of Islam in that message. La ilaha illa ana fa'budni wa aqimis salata li dhikri. You have to worship only Allah and you have to perform your prayers, your daily prayers, and you have to remember Allah. And so Umar, he said, show me where is Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, I'm going to show you Umar. Because I believe that maybe the dua of the Prophet has been answered when he said, O oh Allah, strengthen Islam with Umar ibn al-Khattab or Amr ibn Hisham, and Abu Jahl. And the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Umar went to him and he entered the place where he was. And at the door, there was Hamza. Who is Hamza? Girls. The Prophet's uncle. Hamza, who is his dad? Hamza, son of who? Abdul Muttalib. Okay. Hamza, son of Abdul Muttalib. The Prophet ﷺ is Muhammad, son of 
Abdullah, son of Abdul Muttalib. So Abdul Muttalib is the Prophet's grandfather. Yeah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he was not he was not a Muslim, right? And his uncle, who is Hamza, Hamza was a Muslim. And Hamza had become Muslim before Umar. And Hamza, what was he known for being? What kind of a person was he? The girl said, very strong, very brave. So when he saw Umar coming, what do you think he, he, he was going to do? What do you think he thought Umar came for? Anas, maybe to fight, maybe to kill, maybe to insult, maybe to, you know, cause trouble. So Hamza said, if he's come for trouble, leave him for me. I'm going to take care of him. He said, هذا عمر إن يريد الله به خيرا يسلم أو يسلم وإن يريد غير ذلك يكون قتله علينا هينا That's what he said. أو كما قال. He said, if, he said, if Umar has come for good, he'll become Muslim. And if he came for something else, I've, I'll take care of him. I get rid of Umar, no problem. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told for him to come. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told for him to come. And Umar, when he spoke to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah." I bear witness there is no God worthy of worship except Allah and that you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are Allah's slave and his messenger. Before we go any further, this thing, Allah's slave and his messenger, to the girls this time, Allah's slave and his messenger, what's the, why is, what's the benefit of mentioning that? Why do we mention it like that? Slave and messenger. Okay, good, good. So the girls got one half. They said, because he's the slave of Allah, you don't worship him. Okay, you don't worship Allah's slave, you worship Allah. Okay, good. Whose turn is it among the boys? I want to hear some of the other boys. Where's, where's Zach? Go on. What do you, if because he's Allah's messenger, what does that mean? What do we have to do? Muslim, and you have to do what? You have to listen to him, right? And you have to pray and do all the things he told you. So because he's Allah's messenger, you have to listen to him. And because he's Allah's slave, so you only worship Allah. So when you pray, you only pray to Allah. We mentioned that. We mentioned that before. What happened when Umar became Muslim? What changed for the Muslims? Well, the first thing that changed is that they had two very strong people in their, in their group now. They had Hamza and they had Umar and they became Muslim close to one another, not far from one another. So they had Hamza, they had Umar. So now they have a little bit of strength. What are they going to do? Yes, Muhammad, what do you think? They can go to the Kaaba and pray. And in some of the narrations it's mentioned the Muslims came out to the Kaaba and 
on the front of them and the back of them, they had Umar and they had Hamza or they had Hamza and Umar. And they came and they prayed in front of the Kaaba because now they had two very strong people in their group of Muslims and they took strength from it. They were, they were happy to see two people like that who were defending Islam. So they started a little bit to show their Islam openly for people. So there were not so many people hiding it as before. That's very true. How old do you think Umar was, roughly, in comparison to the Prophet ﷺ? Who thinks he was older than the Prophet ﷺ? Who thinks he was older? Nobody thinks he was older. Nobody thinks he was older. Okay. One person thinks he was older. Any girls? 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 Any girls think he was older? One second. Girls are thinking. Most of the girls, I can hear them shouting, younger, younger, younger. Younger, okay. So everyone's right, younger, okay. The question now is, how old was Umar when he became Muslim then, do we think? Roughly, I'm not asking you like he was, you know, 40 years and one day and three hours and 26 minutes. Just roughly, how old was he? Do you think he was in his 20s, his 30s, his 40s, his 50s? That's a very precise answer. Early 30s, the girl said. So how old was the Prophet ﷺ by that time? The Prophet ﷺ by that time was 46, okay. So he was younger than 46, we know that. Abu Bakr, we said, was how much younger? We said he was a year younger, right? So. Abu Bakr at that time was 45. Umar, how old was he? Roughly. What do we think? What do you think, Anas? 28. Huh? 38, Anas says, mid 30s. What do you think? He said 20s. What do you think? Okay, a lot of the boys, the boys, apart from Muhammad who's waving his hand, a lot of the boys think. Late 30s. That's a reasonable answer, but it's not right. No, it can't be 60, because we said he's younger than the Prophet, and the Prophet was 46, and 60 is bigger than 46. You're insisting he was 28. <laughs> okay. He was definitely in his 20s. He was either 26, some of them said 27, maybe even 28. I don't know, your dad told you something, and maybe you got it right. But uh, he was, anyway, he was in his mid to late 20s when he became Muslim. Very good. Okay. Did Umar migrate or move to Medina? How do you know? Yes or no? And did he, did he go to Medina? With the Muslims who went to Medina, or did he go somewhere else first? Same boys are going to answer the question. You can have a guess. The girls think he went there. How do you know that? 
How do you know? How do you have an idea about that? You can mention me something really simple, really simple from what you know already. Three boys are really excited to, to find the answer. Since I asked you last time, so I'm going to ask, go and ask you. Okay, so the, like once, once Medina became a Muslim city, then a then lot of uh, people went to it. That's one answer. But just a simple answer that you know is that Umar became the leader of the Muslims after Abu Bakr, right? And Abu Bakr was, was in Medina, right? So Umar was in, definitely in Medina at some point. Very good. Actually, Umar was one of the early people to make hijab, one of the earlier people to go. Now I've got a question for you. And you should know the answer because we kind of mentioned it already. But a long time ago, so I don't know if you'll remember. <laughs> I don't know if you'll remember. Who was the person the Prophet ﷺ sent to Medina, no shouting it out, yeah, sent to Medina to teach the people about Islam in the beginning? The very, one of the very, if not the first person to go. The girls know. Oh, the girls say they know. But just saying you know doesn't count, you have to say the name, huh? Girls, you can say the name because no one can hear except me. The same three boys can put their hand up. It's his turn in the middle, go on. No, where did you, Abu Bakr? We forgot, we forgot what we did last time. Girls? Mus'ab ibn Umair. Okay, Mus'ab ibn Umair. And it wasn't long after they said Ibn Ummi Maktoum and then Umar Ibn Al-Khattab along with 20 people who came riding. And when Umar came to Medina, what do you think they asked him about? Are you hungry? That wasn't a question to you. That was, I was asking, do you think that's what they asked him? Do you think they said to him, are you hungry? Do you want some food? What do you think they asked him about? What, what do you think they asked him about? Go on, Muhammad. Ah, this is no good. Put hand up and then Baba, Baba. What's the answer? No, 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 no. If you have the answer from yourself, tell me. Why are you here? How did you come? Who are you? No, 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 no. What do you think they asked him about? You know how people were in that time. You heard the stories we told you so far. What do you think they asked him? When Abu Bakr came, what were they, what were they looking for? Who were they looking for? They were looking for the Prophet So everybody who comes from, from Makkah, they're going to ask that person straight away, where's the Prophet? When is the Prophet going to come? He said, He's behind me, he's coming soon. He's going to come after me. I'm coming and soon, it's not going to be long before he's going to come. He's going to come after me. Al-Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, Umar attended all of the events, the major events that happened, all the things that happened in Medina, the battles and everything, Umar was there. And Umar was one of the people who stayed with the Prophet on the day of Uhud. Because we've heard about the day of Uhud. We've heard about the day of Uhud, right? And the day of Uhud, what happened? Who can give me the summary? Because we've done it already. Now, I, so I'm not asking you something you don't know. So the girl's giving it to me now. They, they beat you. Yalla, go on girls.
Okay, wait one second. We'll just relay that to the boys. So there were archers on top of a mountain and the archers were told to stay there by the Prophet ﷺ and the battle started, okay? They thought they were winning and they came down and they, they thought they had won and it was over and they got snuck up on and many Muslims were killed and many people ran away and some people stayed next to the Prophet ﷺ. And in that battle we said the Prophet ﷺ nearly died, right? He, he nearly died and they broke his they broke his, his tooth and they, they cut his, uh, his cheek, right? They, they, his cheek got pierced and his tooth got broken. And he nearly died. And one of the people who stayed with him all the time was Umar. And one of the things you should know about Umar is he was someone who stayed with the Prophet as much or more than anyone apart from Abu Bakr. And that's why people used to say always when we used to hear, we used to hear the Prophet and Abu Bakr and Umar. The Prophet and Abu Bakr and Umar always we used to hear the Prophet went and Abu Bakr and Umar. The Prophet did and Abu Bakr and Umar. We saw the Prophet and Abu Bakr and Umar. Always they used to hear that. And Abu Bakr and Umar. I want you to ask you a question now from all the things you learned about Umar so far but the three boys are not allowed to answer. I've put a block on you. Temporarily. It's not a bad block. It's a good block. But now I want to hear from, from the others. From what you've heard about Umar so far, what do you know about him as a person? What do you think about, what do you think about him as, as a person? What kind of a person was he? Give me some description about him. Was he, we said he was brave. Brave, no problem. What else do you know about him? Kind. 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 I like that. Because a lot of people don't, don't remember that about Umar. That Umar was extremely kind person. He was a very kind person. What else do you know about him? I'm going to mention some examples. I'm going to mention some. What else do you know about him? Loyal. I like that. He was very loyal to the Prophet ﷺ. He was loyal. Okay, what else do you know about him? There's a really beautiful hadith. Yeah, the, I'm going to come to his haybah definitely. There's a story, an authentic story, that Umar, he walked in when the Prophet ﷺ was talking to a group of, a group of women. And the women, they were raising their voices. They were talking quite loud. And when Umar went in, he said some a little bit strong words to them and they all went quiet. They all, they all went quiet. When they were with the Prophet ﷺ, they were raising their voices and they were all talking over each other. And then when Umar came in, they all went quiet. And Umar, he became upset with them and he said, Are you women shy or scared of me? But you're not shy or scared of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Do you know what those women said back? They said a very clever answer. They said you're harsher than him. They said he, he will let, let us go, but you you are you're a scary person. You have a person. You have a haber. You have a presence. Like when you walk in, and people straight away, if they're doing something naughty, they stop doing something naughty. 
Yeah, do you know what I mean, kids? Like sometimes you know someone like, for example, when your dad walks in the room and you're doing something naughty and then your dad walks in, oh, you stop doing something naughty. Umar was like that for everybody. If someone's doing something naughty and Umar walked by, they stopped doing it. They were very, very scared. They were very scared. Type. The Prophet said something to him at that time. He said that whenever you walk down a road, every time you walk down a road, the shaitan takes another road. Even shaitan was scared of Umar. You know that, even the shaitan was scared of Umar. When Umar used to walk down one road, shaitan crossed the road, go somewhere else. Because he was scared of Umar. I want to ask you a question, what was he scared of? Because Umar was really strong, right? Is that what he was scared of? Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good answer. If you put your hand up, it would have been brilliant. Put your hand up and say it again. Yes, Zach, what can I do for you? Because of his, because of his Islam, right? And that's why whenever you hear the hadith, for example, Al-Mu'min al-Qawi khayrun wa ahabbu ilallah min al-Mu'min al-Da'if wa fi kullin khayr aw kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer and both of them are good this doesn't mean the one who is physically strong is powerful and strong and he's got big arms and big muscles it doesn't mean that it first of all means the person who is their iman is strong they are good Muslim because there were many strong people but the shaitan didn't run away from them there were many people who were strong who were strong people but the shaitan never ran away from them the shaitan ran away from Umar because Umar was strong in his iman and strong as well he was physically strong as well so he made the shaitan scared and every time Umar took a road shaitan took another road yes Muhammad you can ask me a question yes he was scared of Hamza as well but this hadith we have, we have it as a, we know he was scared of Hamza because we know he was, he, the shaitan is very weak, right? The shaitan's plot is weak. But we know this because the Prophet ﷺ said, he told us it. So for this one we have a special proof, which is not just general that we know that Hamza was a good Muslim and he was strong, but we know because the Prophet ﷺ said to Umar that every time shaitan, every time you take a path, shaitan goes somewhere else, takes a different path. Every time you take a path, a shaitan takes a different path. Do you know about Umar? There's something narrated about Umar not a lot of people know. That Umar was very... Now, how can I explain this in a good, easy way in English? Not, not jealous, but protective. He didn't like people to know about his personal things. Yeah? He didn't like people to, to go into his personal business he liked to be private and he liked to keep things to himself and he didn't like people to be not just him but about his family as well like he didn't he he wanted to you know what is his he wanted to keep it to himself but it's very good i'm going to tell you something about the kind of the shyness and and how private umar was that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam The Prophet 
he mentioned something about Umar in this regard, about the, the shyness of Umar and about the, how Umar was a private person. He said, when I was asleep, I saw myself in Jannah. There was a woman making ablution on the side of a qasr, on the side of a palace. And I said, Liman al qasr? Who is this palace for? Qalu li Umar. He said, it's for Umar. The Prophet ﷺ said, then I remembered how private of a person you were. I remembered your ghira, how private you were. Fawallaytu mudbira. He said, so I, I turned away and I left. And Umar, he became upset and he began to cry. And he said, A'alayka agharu ya Rasulullah. He said, do I want to keep things away from you or protective jealousy over you, O Messenger of Allah? I, don't know. I would have been happy for you to go into my palace into my, and look at everything. But when the Prophet remembered about how Umar likes to keep his things private, so he didn't go inside of his palace, he didn't go inside to see what was inside. Umar was one of the people promised Jannah, right? He was one of the people who were promised who were promised Jannah. And he was one of the most knowledgeable of the companions. He was very knowledgeable. And that's why many times when Umar became the ruler of the Muslims, many, many times when Umar became the ruler of the Muslims, he had to make decisions and he had to make rulings about what was allowed and what was not allowed. And he had to explain what the Prophet ﷺ said and taught us. So a lot of people also don't think about that when they think about Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu ardah. We want to talk a little bit about uh, about his when he became in charge of the Muslims a little bit about when he became in charge of the Muslims. We said that Abu Bakr chose Umar specifically chose Umar, right? He didn't leave it open for the Muslims to choose. He specifically nominated Umar to be in charge. Why do you think he nominated Umar to be in charge of the Muslims? What do you think? Yes, Yusuf, what do you think? Because the Prophet loved him, and that is a very good answer. Because out of everything, what matters is how close you were to the Prophet. It doesn't matter about whether you were, what kind of, you know, whether the person was, was say, strong or whether the person was a good ruler, but what matters before everything was that he was close to the Prophet Very good. Okay. So Abu Bakr chose him and this was 13 years after the Hijrah. 13 years after the Hijrah. Now Umar was very strong. And some of the things we need to know about him in his khilafah, in, when he was in charge of the Muslims, some of the things we need to know about him is that lots of lands became Muslim in the time of Umar. Lots of places, Islam spread very, very far. Because Umar, like how Umar was very strong and he taught the Muslims to be very strong. And they went out and they, a lot of lands became Muslim, a lot of places. When the Prophet ﷺ died, where did Islam, where had Islam spread to? 
roughly? Where, do you, where, where was Islam? Where were the borders of Islam, the Muslim country, when the Prophet died? Roughly speaking, roughly. So for example, was Makkah Muslim when the Prophet died? Yeah, we, we heard about the conquest of Makkah, Fath Makkah, yeah? Okay, was Medina? Yeah, Medina was the capital of, of the Muslim country. That was the place where they were based. Had Islam spread any further than that? Persia, not yet. Persia's coming. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I think we went too far now. We have to roll back. You're right, Islam did reach there, but not in the time of the Prophet. So, in the Prophet, the Arabian Peninsula, yeah, he sent Mu'adh to where? Where did he send Mu'adh to? We've been doing it lately, we keep mentioning it. He sent Mu'adh somewhere. Go on. Yemen. Yemen. He sent him to Yemen. Very good. Okay. Once we're talking about Umar radiallahu anh, the map of the Muslim countries went very, very far and wide. What's the most famous place? I think the most famous place that got conquered in the time of Umar that became Muslim in the time of Umar. The most famous of all the places. No. Not Persia, but Persia is true, but Persia is very Persia is very famous. Uh, the, the battles for Persia are very famous. But no. Al-Quds, Jerusalem. And when Jerusalem got conquered, they asked for Umar to come by himself. They said to Umar, you have to come because Jerusalem is a very special place. Right? It's the third most special place, isn't it? What's the most special place? Mecca, and then Medina, and then Jerusalem. Jerusalem. If we look at the reward for the prayers, how many rewards for the prayer? One prayer in Mecca, how much is it worth everywhere else? Girls, you've gone away. One prayer in Mecca is worth what? When you pray once in Mecca, what's it worth? What do you think? No, what do you think? Don't know? Don't know? Okay, good answer. I like that answer. It's the best answer. If you don't know something, you don't know. Girls, what do you think? One prayer in Mecca is worth? Okay, go on. 100? 100,000. Very good. 100,000. Okay. Medina. Now you have to answer that question. I'm not asking anybody else except the person who is living in Medina. Go on. The girl said a thousand. Do you think they're right? Yeah? Okay. What about Masjid Al-Aqsa? Masjid Al-Aqsa is a special place. It's a special place. We don't have a number, it's a special place. 
So Masjid, when, when Jerusalem became Muslim, when Jerusalem became Muslim, we're going to finish soon, five minutes. When Jerusalem became Muslim, they asked Umar himself to go and to collect the, to collect the keys to the city because it's a special place. And it's not, it's not just anybody can just go and take the keys and can take over the city. They said, the best one among you, the one who is your leader, your chief, he should be the one to come and take the city. So Umar, he came, and they said, he came, what do you think he came with? He came with a big army, he came with a big horse, big, powerful horse, huh? And he rode into the city like that. What do you think, Anas? On a camel? No, I don't think so. Go on, you can answer. You've been waiting for ages. He came riding on a donkey. He came riding on a donkey. Because Omar was a very humble person. He was not a person who was proud. He was not a person who... And they said he was a very tall person. You know, it's mentioned about his... About his that him, he was a very tall person. I imagine it would have been difficult for him to ride on a donkey. But he used to ride on a donkey because who used to ride on a donkey before him? Go on. The Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ. And if the best human being can ride on a donkey, everybody else can ride on a donkey. No problem. When Umar took the keys for Jerusalem, there was something really special happened. And that was, and I mentioned it already, and I mentioned it ages ago. I mentioned it in the story of Abu Bakr. Why did I mention the story of Abu Bakr? Because in the story of Abu Bakr, we were talking about who became Muslim through Abu Bakr, and we talked about really famous person who became Muslim through Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr freed him as a slave. What was the question? I don't know what the question was. I was just talking. Bilal. Okay. Bilal radiallahu anhu. Bilal was what, what was Bilal's job? What did Bilal, what was Bilal's job? Girls, what was Bilal's job? Huh? The Mu'addin. His job was to be the Mu'addin of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When the Prophet Sallallahu died, Bilal didn't give the Adhan after that. He stopped giving the Adhan. Because he was the Mu'addin of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when the Prophet Sallallahu died, he stopped giving the Adhan. Except one time. And that was when they conquered Jerusalem, Al-Quds. And because that masjid is such a special place, he gave the adhan there one last time. We don't have much time left, and maybe we'll talk more next time as well for the things that we missed. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about two things, really, when we finish up. I wanted to talk about how Umar... I want to talk about hadith, and this hadith is a bit of a mystery. It's a bit of a mystery. It's a mystery hadith, okay? One day, Umar was sitting with a group of the Sahaba, and along with him was Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu. And Hudayfa was famous for keeping the secrets of the Prophet sallallahu And actually, one time, Umar said to Hudayfa, Hudayfa, did the Messenger of Allah consider me to be a munafiq? Did he think I was a hypocrite? 
Look how Umar was promised Jannah, right? The Prophet said, Umar for Jannah. Umar is in Jannah. And he was so scared for himself that he asked Hudayfa that, Hudayfa, please tell me, when you took the secrets of the Prophet, did he say that I was not a good Muslim? Did he say that I was not a real Muslim? Hudayfa said, I'm only going to tell you, I'm not going to tell anybody else. Why will Hudayfa tell Umar? Because he already the Prophet told anyway. So it's not a secret anymore. That Umar was one of the best of all of the Muslims and he was the best of them after Abu Bakr and he wasn't a hypocrite. But this wasn't the story. He was sitting with Hudayfa one day and he asked them about hadith. He asked them about hadith of something bad that was going to happen. A bad thing. And Hudayfa answered him with a hadith and Umar said to him, it's not that I'm telling, I'm not talking to you about that. I'm talking to you about something bad that's going to happen and it's going to be like the waves in the sea. It's going to crash like the waves of the sea. So Hudayfa said to him, you don't have anything to do with this. Don't worry about it. It's not your, don't worry about it. Between you and it, there's a closed door. Then Umar said something very strange to him. He said to him, will the door be opened or will the door be broken? Hudayfa said the door will be broken. He said then it's never going to be closed again. The Sahaba sat and it was a bit of a mystery for them. They didn't really understand. So they were, they were a bit confused. So go back again. There's something really, really bad going to happen. A big test. Not bad, but a big test is going to happen. A big, a big test for the Muslims. And it's going to come like the waves of the sea. But Umar doesn't have to worry about it because there's a door keeping it, keeping it away. But that door is going to be smashed down and it's never going to be closed again. At this point, who were the only two people who understood what was being said? They were Anas. Abu, no, they were Hudayfa and Umar. Uh, this was after the time of Abu Bakr and Allah knows best. They were Umar and Hudayfa. Umar and Hudayfa. Everybody else was like a bit of a mystery. What does he mean? There's a door, the door's going to be broken, the door's not going to be closed again. So they asked Hudayfa after Umar went, they asked him, what was the door? Hudayfa said the door was Umar. Umar was the door. So what does it mean that the door is going to be broken and it won't be closed again? What was Umar asking about? Or what was Hudayfa talking about here? What do you think? I'm going to take an answer from the girls. When I hear their answer, I'm going to ask the boys. I'm not going to share the answer of the girls. So Umar was the door. What is it? What was Hudayfa meaning that Umar was the door? Girls? Are we still online? Yeah, girls are still there. They're thinking. They're thinking. Umar, Hudayfa says, Umar is the door. Okay, so, so the girls think, girls told me answer what they think. Okay, the girls told me answer. Now let me see. Has anyone got an answer? Okay, Zach, I, I know you got an answer, but I want to give everybody a chance who wants to answer, okay? 
Yes, Zach, what do you think? Okay. And the door's going to be smashed. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Again. Yeah. So the sea's going to crash on the door. Okay, so it's not a real sea, like real waves, but what's going to happen to Umar? They're going to die. Very good. So the boys and girls agreed because that this means that Umar is going to die. But now I'm going to say to you, okay, you got that right. Because. Go on. Because the door's Umar. Yeah. Yeah. So the door's Umar, so that means if the door's smashed, they'll die? Not just that he's going to die, but what? Go on. He's going to be killed. Because he's not going to be removed, like someone's going to take him away from, from being in charge, and then he's going to come back again. So what does this hadith tell us? It tells us something really powerful about Umar. It tells us that Umar used to always be in the way of problems. Someone tried to make a problem for the Muslims, he ran into Umar. Umar stopped him. Someone else tried to make a problem for the Muslims, Umar stopped him. Someone else tried to make a problem for the Muslims, Umar stopped him. Omar was always in the way. Every time, like the sea that was hitting the door, it doesn't go through. It doesn't. That's why they're going to die, because they always um, stop people from talking. Because he stopped people from doing wrong things. He stopped people from doing wrong things. But in the end, Omar was killed. And we know Omar was going to be killed because the Prophet ﷺ told us. We told you the famous hadith when he was climbing the mountain of Uhud. And he said, be still, O Uhud. There is no one on you except for a prophet and a siddiq and two martyrs or a martyr. A prophet and a siddiq and two martyrs. The prophet was the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the siddiq was Abu Bakr siddiq. And the two martyrs, and you need to remember this for next week, very important. The two martyrs were Umar and... Uthman. That means that Umar and Uthman were both in the end going to be killed. Is that a bad thing? There's no, there's a good answer. There's, there's, you can answer this a lot of different ways. Is it a bad thing that Umar was killed? It's a very difficult question I ask you. It's not an easy answer. And whatever you answer, you can be right, but you have to explain why. Okay, the girl said correctly, it was a bad thing because there was no, like after that, the, 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 there was no door to, to protect the Muslims after the protection of Allah. It was the, the things were going to keep on happening to the Muslims after that. And a lot of problems were going to happen to the Muslims after that. That's very true. But from Umar's point of view, himself, was it a bad thing? Yusuf, yeah. Because he, was, he died for Islam. So that was one of the things that helped him to be from the people of Jannah. Because he died in the end for Islam. The story of how he died is actually connected to something we mentioned. The story of how he died is connected to something we mentioned earlier. And that was 
how Islam spread. So you guys were telling me about Persia, 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 and Islam spread, and Islam spread. It did spread. And many people who were not Muslim, they were took, taken as prisoners and so on. They were brought to Medina. One of those people, one of those people, his name was Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi. He was a Majusi. That means he was a fire worshipper, right? He used to word, they worship, they worship the fire. Out of interest, when we talked about worshiping the fire, now we'll talk about it later. It's going to take too long. We've got to go through the answer. We'll talk later about the Sahabi who used to look after the fire in the temple and then he became a Muslim instead. You can find out that for homework, okay? Who was the Sahabi? Not answering for homework. Who used to look after the fire that they used to worship in the temple and then he left that and he went on a very long journey and he became, became a Muslim. Okay. One of the people we said, Abu Lu'l al-Majusi, he was still a Majusi, a fire worshipper. He was enslaved and he was imprisoned and brought to Medina. And he had a lot of hatred in his heart for the Muslims and a lot of hatred for Umar. And he saw that Umar was the reason why he was in this situation and his land had been taken over and now it was a Muslim place and the people had become Muslim. And he decided to make a plan to hurt Umar. And with him he had a knife that was curved on both sides. Maybe you never saw a knife like that before. Not a knife, you know, not a knife that's a knife on one side, a knife on two sides, both sides. Curled on one side and curled on the other. Yeah, you might have seen something like it before, like a picture. Like, it's not something you keep in the house, right? For nobody has things like that in the house, right? No, no. It's a knife that's curved on one side. Yeah, and curved on the other side. And when do you think he, w if he wanted to attack the Muslims, right? Yeah, kind of, but curled, curved, curved. Yeah. yeah, and one on the other, and you hold in the middle. And he came to the Muslims, he wanted to get the Muslims. The thing is, the Muslims are strong. The Medina is the Muslim city. They're soldiers, they're very strong, very powerful. So when are you going to try to get the Muslims, if this person wanted to get the Muslims, when a time when they're not thinking about it, when was he going to get the Muslims? Salah time. Which Salah time was it? Do you know? Girls, do you know which Salah time it was? No, it wasn't. Boys? Boys, what do you think? Uh, I have I, who have I not been around lately? What do you think? Come on, we know prayer time. Get to, come on, guys, you know. The, give me a prayer time, yes? Asr. Asr, no. Next. Isha, no, next. Me is not a prayer time. Maghrib, no, next. Come on, guys. Dhuhr, no, next. <laughs> Fajr, okay. And this man was such a bad man, the man who killed Umar. He didn't just hurt Umar. He went down the rows and he started to hurt all the Muslims. With his knife, he started to go and stab and cut all of the Muslims in the rows until he reached to Umar and he stabbed him. And Umar didn't die straight away. 
When Umar was stabbed, what do you think Umar was worried about? Was he worried about himself? What was he worried about? What do you think, Anas? Who's going to be the next, Who's going to be the next ruler? No, no, not yet. He wasn't worried about that. He was worried about the Salah. He didn't want to be the reason why the people didn't pray Fajr. The people, they threw a, a cloak over the man who stabbed Umar. And Umar wanted to know two things. He wanted to know that the people prayed. The people prayed. And he wanted to know who hurt me, who stabbed me. Because he was scared maybe it was a Muslim and I did something wrong to him once and now maybe he's upset with me. And Umar became happy when he heard that it wasn't a Muslim. He became happy that it wasn't that he didn't do something wrong to somebody and that's why they did this to people. And then Umar, they took him and they saw that he was not going to make it, he was going to die. And he sent his son Abdullah ibn Umar on a, a job. He sent him to Aisha radiallahu anha to ask a question. And he told him to say that your father, he, said, he told him to say that, me, to, tell, to, to give Aisha salam, and to tell her that I'm not the Amir al-Mu'mineen today. I'm not in charge. I'm not asking her as the leader. I'm not the leader who is asking her. It's just Umar. Just me, Umar. Not the leader. Because if it's the leader, she will not have a choice, right? She's just going to do what she gets told. Radiallahu anha. So he said, it's not, I'm not asking her as the leader. I'm asking her just me, Umar. What was Umar going to ask Aisha for? What did Aisha have that Umar wanted? Remember, Umar is dying. The girls knew straight away. What did Aisha have that Umar wanted? Medicine? No. A dua to say? No. The girls know the answer. Anas knows the answer. Go on, Anas. Ah, she had a space left. In her apartment, she had a space left next to two people who were buried there. One is the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and the other one was Abu Bakr. So Umar asked if he could be buried next to those two companions. The people, he was always with them. Remember we said all the time, they used to say the Prophet and Abu Bakr and Umar. The Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr and Umar. The Prophet وسلم, went and Abu Bakr went and Umar went. So he asked Aisha's permission, can I be buried in this place? She said, I wanted to keep that place for myself. She wanted it for herself. Because that was her husband, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and her father, Abu Bakr, was buried there. So she wanted to be buried there. She thought, when I die, I will, I will be buried here. This is my, it's my apartment. And there is... My husband is buried there, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and my father is buried there, Abu Bakr. But she said, today I preferred Umar over myself. She knew how much the Prophet sallallahu and Abu Bakr loved Umar, so she wanted Umar to be buried there. So she gave permission for him to be buried next to his two companions, the people that he was always with. And it's mentioned something really amazing, and I'll finish with this, really, really amazing, I always think it's amazing, is that when Aisha... Before Aisha was, before Umar was buried there, 
Aisha, she used to go to that grave with, without hijab, right? Because she was, it was her house. It was Aisha's house. There was a separate place. It was Aisha's house. And who is buried in the grave? Her husband. Does a lady wear hijab in front of her husband? No. Does a lady wear hijab in front of her dad? No. So she used to go and she used to, she used to go and she used to just go normally. But when Umar was buried there, she used to put on her hijab before she went in. But Umar was that Umar died. Why, why would she do that? She remembered something about Umar. What did she remember about him? Girls. What did she remember about him? She remembered something about him. What did she remember about him? Ah, she remembered how he was a private person and how he was so, he wanted the religion of Islam to be so strong. Yes, Muhammad. The eye of hijab. And the eye, how much he wanted the eye of hijab. Yeah, because Umar wanted that, right? Umar wished for it. He hoped it would happen and then Allah revealed it the way that Umar said. What else did Allah reveal the way that Umar said? We already spoke about it in the story of Abu Bakr. The prisoners of Badr, right? What to do with the prisoners of Badr? Very good. And so Aisha, she said, after Umar was buried there, I used to go in and I used to, I used to cover myself when I remembered Umar and how Umar used to be. So that's a really, really nice story to finish on and to remember about. So now we've done a little bit about Abu Bakr. We've done a little bit about Umar. We now need to do a little bit about someone else. Who else can we do? We've already mentioned the name. Uh, you, an you answered recently. The girl, a girl said Ali radiallahu anhu. We're going to do Ali radiallahu anhu. But before Ali, Yusuf. Hamza. Before Hamza. Huh? Uthman radiallahu anhu wa arda. Okay, we need to learn something about Uthman, guys. So for homework, I want you guys to do to look up for me. To look up for me, a little bit about Uthman, what you know about him, a few things about him, just a little things, what you can know about him, what you find out. Maybe you have a book at home, a little story book about Uthman. Maybe you know a little bit about him. And inshallah, we will continue our discussion about the four rightly guided Khulafa with the story of Uthman. And that will be inshallah next week. Who has questions they would like to ask? If I know the answer, I'll answer them. And if I don't, I try to ask someone who knows the answer. And if they don't know the answer, then we're just going to say Allah knows best. Yes, you see. Was Hamza? No. Because Hamza died in which battle? Which battle did Hamza die in? Which was the first battle that kind of went, kind of went wrong for them? Not went wrong for the Muslims, but it was a difficult battle for the Muslims. Yes, Anas? Uhud, right? Okay, what was the next question you had? Did you have a question, Muhammad? Yeah, because the conquest of Makkah happened in the time of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu So Umar, he did all the all the things, all the big battles and big events. He was he was with the Prophet Sallallahu in all of them. Very good. Okay, guys, I think we wrap it up there. Inshallah. 
So we don't have that long left until Maghrib. Um, how long do we have left? We have about half an hour, right? So we're not going to do any more class because we already did a long enough class. It was long enough for you guys. But, yes. Can I something You can, but just let me finish the class for one minute and then you can, okay? So inshallah ta'ala, we're going to stop there. Inshallah, you guys will come next week. Next week, I've got a plan. You see, there's been something troubling me a little bit. What's been troubling me is that we can't hear the answers from we can't hear the answers from the people at home. And I know just like you guys have got amazing answers, there's so many people watching at home who've got amazing answers. So I'm gonna try to, to find maybe an app or a website or something where they can share their answers with us as well. So I'm gonna figure out a way to do that for next lesson. So we'll put it on the screen so that they can share their answers with as well, maybe Kahoot or something like that. We'll try and figure it out so that they can share their answers as well because we know they've got really good answers, the people who are watching at home as well, inshallah. So we want it to be more interactive for them as well. Okay, guys, jazakumullah khairan wa barakallahu feekum. We will see you inshallah next week. And Allah knows best. <laughs>